place if it's available and God so chooses would be the youth room. We've been there. We've had retreats there. We've stayed overnight, and there's a kitchen right off the youth room. It's close to handball courts. It's close to the gym. It's accessible for the school for a variety of activities. Oh, if the youth room were available. So we talked together about what is available. And Brian said, okay, you need it from 7.30 to 1.30. You know, I think the youth room is available during that time. And uh, only there was one one time it wasn't, and that was for a youth meeting during the day for the youth leaders. So he called the youth leaders, and he he said, uh, Paul will be using it with you, but on that time he'll they'll just find some other way. And they said, No, we will find another way. We will make room for them. So unencumbered, we're moving in in the fall, and we're going to use the youth room. While I was meeting with him, a man came in who is taller than I am and bigger. And his name was Moose. <laughs> and uh, Fred met him. And Brian said, hi, Moose. This is Paul. Paul, you need to meet Moose. After Moose left, he said, the reason you need to meet Moose is that Moose has done all kinds of things. He's an educator. He's a trainer. He trains people in the use of guns, in hunting. He takes people out hunting. He's got a cabin he loves, loves to make use of. So I called him after the meeting, and I said, uh, Moose, I need to get in touch with you. And he said, well, let's have lunch together. Uh, and I said, when? He said, today. So I brought him over here, and they told me about a cabin that he has. I have hoped that in our school we could have a retreat as we kick off. And if God was gracious, we could have retreats every quarter, like four retreats. He began describing his cabin. It's not a cabin. It's five bedrooms and it's three bathrooms. It sleeps 25. And uh, I said, is there any chance that we could have it to kick off our school on August 27th for our students? And he said, yes. I said, are there any times else that we could use it during the year? He said, you can have it any time you want it. He, he said, it's available for you. And you and I will go up and take a look at it. And he calls it a survey, a site survey. <laughs> so we're going to go up and check it out. And that cabin, he's, he's kind of giving it for use for our school. So join me in thanking God for just showing his kindness to us in marvelous ways. Thank you, offering lady. I didn't want to call her an usherette. You know, I've heard girls called usherettes and guys called ushers. Usherette. Mm. What girl wants to be called an usherette? I don't know. Anyway, I've got a word here, and I'm excited about giving it to you, but I don't have to give it tonight. I will give it tonight, depending upon how we do on our sharing. And I, uh, I just want to do some sharing together. We had two messages on evangelism. And the purpose of messages is so that we'll take good notes, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Until I have good notes and we can file them away and say, that was a really good message. I hope we hear another good message next week. Then we got it down. Well, actually, we want to step out and show people God's love and power in any ways that, that He enables us. So we want to have some sharing now of how God is stirring in your heart and how God has given you opportunities to share. I have been really encouraged to upgrade my own times of sharing. And so here's what I do. When I leave the house... You know, I'll tell you a story. I was preaching Sunday morning in Lakeville. I was preaching and my phone went off. And I said... Excuse me. And I said, oh, it's for my son Israel. I said to them, I took his car this morning because my car wasn't working. And they laughed. And then I, I kept on preaching. And then about five minutes later, I said, you know, you may need to speak to me. And so I, I dialed him up. I said, hi, Israel. Say hi to the people here in Lakeville. They liked that. That was funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I do is I say, okay, God, this is my mission trip. Mission trips are exciting. People like to go on mission trips. So, I go on a mission trip. I, I, I'm believing you that when I meet people, unless you say otherwise, it's a divine encounter. Because he told me that a couple days before that. I was coming home from the office. And I drove, I turned on Lexington off County Road C, and there was a, a, a paraplegic in a wheelchair going up this hill. And I thought, my, that's a tough one. Going up a hill in a wheelchair. And then I went into the DMV, I came out, and I pulled out, and I was drive, I was going to drive down the street, and here he was on the, on the right-hand side of the gas station. And as I pulled by, I felt you know, a little nudge, and I said, God, I want to know when nudges are from you. I don't want to just... I, I don't know if I want to talk to everybody I meet. <laughs> but I want to know if that nudge... And, and I felt like you said, unless I tell you otherwise, every nudge is from me. Mm -hmm. And so I turned around, drove back into the gas station, rolled down my window, and I said, Hi, my name's Paul. He said, My name's Gary. I said, that must be tough. Here, I'll talk in. Can you hear me in the back? Okay, would you rather have me use the mic? It's fine. You're pretty loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was that a compliment? Yeah, well, either way. Okay. Oh, okay. We're recording it. Okay. Let's, we are recording it. So you thought it was loud before. Now it's really going to get loud. We're recording this. So, I said, Gary, it must be tough in, in that situation. He said, no, not really. I said, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for, are you waiting for a bus? Yeah. And they're going to pick you up? How are you going to get in? They're going to lift me up. I said, what are you going to do when you get home? I have lifts. You get in bed that way? Yeah. I said, that must really 
be difficult. I was giving him an opportunity to say, well, as a matter of fact, it really is. And he wouldn't say it. He said, no, it's, it's not that bad. I said, you're not a victim, are you? He said, no, I'm not. I said, you're blessing me. Do you know Jesus? He said, I do. I said, I thought so. I said, could I, uh, could I pray for you? He said, sure. So I, I thanked the Lord for Gary and for the witness he was. I was stopping to witness to him. And he witnessed to me. I didn't forget that. Because I can complain about my car breaking down or something happening to me. And every, every aspect of his day, it's 10 times or 30 times harder than for me. I can walk. I can get there from here. He can't. He needs other people for, for most of the things that he does. And he was not a victim. So that was, that was one incident. So whenever I got, wherever I got to a place, I said, God, now help me. So when I got to Walgreens, picked up some light bulbs, stopped at the front counter. I said, hi, Annie. <laughs> I didn't have anything on here, so she couldn't respond back to me. How are you doing today? She said, fine. I said, I got good news for you today. I smiled at her. I said, God really loves you. It isn't hard to do that. You know, it doesn't take an outgoing personality. It just, it just takes the willingness to, to, just to go for it. I said, God really loves you. And she says, yeah, I, I'm really glad for that. So I asked her, do you know Jesus? She said, yes. I said, good. Enjoy him today. And, and then took off. Uh, from the time I left the house to go to the office to stop by Walgreens, stop by one other place, stop by, I, I, I was able to talk to or pray with six people because I want to be a light. And I'm not saying that to brag. It was fun. I, it was fun to, to make people's day or to have them make my day, like, the, like Gary. I'm glad I pulled back and stopped because he witnessed to me. So I bless you guys as we think about evangelism that, uh, you know, your way w- might be different from my way. I stopped at the school at, uh, uh, on Rice Street, and as I was leaving, I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm just going to be going down the street. I like, I like to do this. This is, this is fun. I, I said, what can I pray for you for? So a lady gave me something to pray for, and then I saw a guy sitting on the bench, and he heard me say that. So I said, what can I pray for you for? And he stopped and he said, hmm. Because when I said yesterday, I went to pick up my tire at Tires Plus, I said to, I can't remember, it's Brian, I think. Hey, I'm just going to head back down the street four blocks. What can I pray for you for? He said, I'm okay. I said, can't pray? Pray for you for something? And he said, uh, no. So I found a guy sitting over on the side. I said, what can I pray for you? <laughs> and he, he said I could pray for something for him. So most people will, will receive prayer. 
Where was I? Where I, I oh, pardon? Tires plus, yeah. So, uh, God gives us opportunities, and we, take them. Let's learn. Let's learn how to take them. People come here, you know, they're down fixing the dishwasher. I want to ask them, how can I pray for you today? And I don't always take what they give me. Oh no, I was over. I was over at um, the school, and so this guy, I remember, you forgot. The he, he, he was saying, oh, what? He was thinking about it. He said, you can pray for my six-year-old boy. He has some behavior problems. He's not doing well? No, it, it's very difficult. So I asked him a few more questions about his family. I said, are you Christians? Are you Christian family? He said, yes. Asked him about his church. And uh, so I blessed him. I said, sounds like you're a good father. So I prayed for him, prayed for his son, Noah. And as I was praying, there was a lady that walked by, an elderly lady that had a, um, that she just complained about her back. And had I not been on a mission trip, I think I would have missed it. But I was on a mission trip. And on mission trips, you know, you get a little more bold. And so so I, because I was on a mission trip, I said, oh, I like to pray for people. Could I pray for you? She said, yes. So I prayed for her back. What I should have said afterwards is, you're back better. I didn't, I didn't think to say that. I wish I would have. Because when we pray for somebody, we want to expect that God's touching them. So... Anybody been on a mission trip lately? Okay. Is that Becca? What's Okay, Becca. Come on, Becca. Okay, she's going to come up. You're going to be on the tape. You're going to be on tape. She dances her way up. Have you seen her dance? Man, she can dance. Um, so... I'm really glad you're talking about this, Pastor Paul, because when you just say yes to the Lord, he just opens the doors big time. And Charte was with me. We went to Bemidji with John Tolo in a group. Um, yeah, and we, the Lord has really put on our hearts to pray for, um, for a lot of things, for breaking of oppression, but to free um, a lot of women who have been captured, like brought into sex slavery. And a lot of it is happening on the reservations in northern Minnesota. And so we have been praying, a group of us in Frogtown, and we had been crying out to the Lord a couple weeks ago for the ending of sex trafficking, specifically in Bemidji. And then we got to Bemidji, or in that area, and then we got to Bemidji, was it the next week, Charte? Yeah, the next week after that prayer meeting. And we found out, we read the newspaper, and we found out that the day after we prayed, 24 people had been arrested with the the drugs and the gangs and stuff yeah so that was awesome and then just gosh so much so like so much stuff has happened and um just uh on sunday there was a a mom from our church a single mom with four little children and chuck was there for that um who got really ill and so we were able to 
just go take care of her kids for a few hours and totally bless her. And so people are just so like thirsty for the love of the Lord. So if you just go with an open heart. Yeah, I could tell like a bunch of stories, but I'll stop there. Tell as many as you want. I'll tell one more. (laughs) Um, So I was going on Sunday. This is on Sunday, too. I was on a mission trip. And um, and I was going to drive over to my friend's house, Julie and Dan, to have lunch with them. And they were late. The church got done late for them. So I was like, I was really frustrated because everything was going wrong that day. But when things are going wrong, they're really not going wrong. God is just redirecting your path. And so just be open to God redirecting your path. And so it's like, okay, Lord, like, where are we going? Because this isn't what I had planned, but maybe you have something planned. And so I pulled into um, a parking lot just to grab something at the store. And I get out of my car, and there's this four-year-old little girl running around the parking lot crying, going, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And people are just standing there like, whose kid is this? And nobody, it was anybody's kid. And so I'm like... I'm not. A te- I'm a teacher. I'm not going to let a kid run around a parking lot crying. So I go up to the the little girl and just put my arms up like this, and she just comes into my arms, and there's no parents to be found. And um, I speak Spanish, and the little girl only spoke Spanish. And I was like, oh, Lord, you brought me to this parking lot for this little girl in this moment. And so she just started speaking to me in Spanish, and I, I spoke with her. And just carried her into my arms into the store, and, and we found her parents. So, yeah. So God is just always like, if you're like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? It'll, you know, it'll happen. So, yeah. Good story. Mark Herringshaw. Mark Herringshaw asked that question. What are you doing? He was at a gas station. And he saw a guy in a phone booth. You you know Mark who Mark Sherringshaw is? His, some of you have met him. He he taught our CTS. Yeah. And uh, he saw a guy in a phone book phone booth. And um, when he looked over, he saw him just slither to the ground. And so he responded to that. Felt the Lord calling him to go over. And he asked, I said, are you okay? And the guy said, no. What's going on? He said, I just heard that my son died. So Mark stayed with him. He drove back with him to his home. Mark ended up doing the funeral. Just stayed with that man, stayed with the family, covered him with love. It's all about love. Whether we give a word, it's all about love. When they, when they we want them to know that somebody loves them, somebody cares, and love never, never. If you have love, who cares if you stumble? You don't say something right. If you're loving them, that's more important. So what a beautiful story, Becca, about loving a child. Were you trying to say something, Kat? I, I'm sorry, I wasn't picking it up. For later. Okay. Okay. Anybody else want to share some 
Okay. Come on, Dexter, you're next, and then somebody, I heard saw another sign. So with that last story, just the thing that she said that really triggered, okay, I got to share is like, what's God doing? Um, I, I haven't been on mission and I've been like struggling with evangelizing. And two weeks ago I was on a plane and it was my first time flying Southwest. And I was like being selfish. And anyways, they didn't have any upgrades for seats. And so I ended up getting stuck in the middle, which I don't fit in the middle seat. And so it was just like, I was really angry with God the whole time and like upset and thought like, you know, my life is going bad right now. And uh, as we're landing into MSP, we're, we're literally maybe 200 to 500 feet off the ground. And all of a sudden our plane pulls up right away, right as we're about to land. And the guy next to me who's in the window seat says, we almost hit another plane. And I'm, I'm like freaking out and the fear of the Lord hits me and I'm like repenting of all my sins and like... <laughs> But then I, I had this nudge from the Lord that I like that there was something going on here and, and I I had wanted to like kinda of push back against that and like, you know, I'm in my own world. So I'm like, Okay, God, like I'll I'll talk to him but you've gotta you've gotta open the door and so I just say, Yeah, I, I'm really happy, I, I know where I'm going if I die. And then he says this really weird thing back to me. He says, Every time I'm on a plane, I wish it would just crash and this guy's like thirty two, thirty three and so the Lord gave this huge door and here I am the disobedient one like pushing back and saying God I'm not and God just is opening the door and I was able to uh, to walk through the love of Christ and how it's changed me and how like I was set free from depression and he just walked through his whole life about how he sat and I got to pray over him and I got to encourage him and get his name and like I wasn't on mission and God still opened that door and so if you're, if you're like me and like you're not walking on mission right now or like you weren't like God is going to open doors for you. And I just want to encourage you to like walk through that because like, and all of a sudden, you know, like here, this, this plane almost, and I, you know, I don't know how close we were to the plane. It was, I mean, other people in the plane were talking about it too, but like God used my temporary discomfort to bring about the proclamation of his name. And so like here I, you know, and I was sitting in the middle seat and some of you guys might go through a temporary discomfort Maybe, you know, you get sidetracked at a gas station or something. I just want to encourage you, like, if you're in a temporary discomfort or something, like, ask God what he's doing because he has a plan. And um, just praise God that even though I was rebellious and not sharing, like, he came in and opened a door for, for his name to be proclaimed. Cool. Cool, Theo. You know, you can you can share things at, uh, at times when it it doesn't appear real obvious. Like if somebody calls you and they want to sell something to you. I had a guy that called and wanted to sell siding. And I said, you know, I really don't need any siding. But could I ask you a question? And he said, yeah. And I said, do you like what you're doing? Uh, is this a, it's a job that you enjoy? He said, no, I don't. I said, what what would what would you like? He said, "Well, I'd like to get out of my crummy apartment, and I wouldn't mind getting another job." I said, "Are people uh, unkind to you?" He said, "All the time. No, they they hang up on me." And uh, his name was Carl, and he didn't speak real well. And so, for a person to try to be selling that didn't speak real well, it wasn't the best job for him. 
And so I said, well, can I pray for you, Carl? He said, sure. So I just prayed a short prayer that God would show him his love, that he'd be able to get out of that crummy apartment, that he'd be able to get him a job. And I said, amen. He said to me, you just made my day. Then he said, you just made my month. You just made my year. Just a, you know, and I've, I've been short with many, but I'm glad I stopped there because God wanted to say something to Carl and he could use any of us, you know, just to show love. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily testimony, but I feel like it's just a quick message that the Lord was giving to me through a dream I had last night. Um, Peter. <laughs> well, lightheaded from getting up. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, um, I think it's just like a dream kind of just the, it was the Father speaking to me, you know, but maybe it uh, resonates with other people here. I don't know. Uh, I was kind of just poetic with the day. I had this dream that um, one of my best friends growing up, his dad, I mean, this didn't actually happen, but this is a dream. In the dream, a bunch of people I knew were standing around, and my best friend's dad drops over, and he's like, he's out. Uh, like, people were gathering around him, you know, checking his pulse and stuff, and like, I run. And I check his pulse. I'm like, quick, get out of the way, because I know CPR. I'm like, checking his pulse. And uh, um, I begin to give CPR to him, begin to revive him and stuff. And I tell my brother, go call 911 real quick. And uh, the medics come and stuff and pull him away. And um, anyways, it, I, I felt the Father like tell me this was a dream. I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, because I went on the outreach today at the 4 p.m., and uh, um, we, we just handed out flowers and CDs and told people, you know, uh, this is just a, a Valentine's from Jesus, you know, that Jesus loves you and gave him flowers and stuff. And it wasn't like full on out, like repent, uh, saying the sinner's prayer, you know, trying to get people to like repent on the spot. That's not what at least me and my uh, buddy did. But uh, um, anyways, I kind of felt like the Father, the Holy Spirit was just telling me, uh, um, that the the father in the dream was prophetic of symbolic of my heavenly father and uh um and symbolic specifically of the father how he's a he's a father who uh, uh um adopts children into his family and wants to expand his family and i kind of felt like the lord was telling me like just kind of a message to me because <clears throat> if you don't know this about me uh, a number of years ago, I really felt even closer to the Father than I do now. And it was, I mean, specifically to the Father, as far as like the Trinity, I felt there was a closeness and stuff. And I kind of felt like the Lord was saying uh, um, um, a, a way of reviving uh, um, this spirit of adoption in your life and uh, uh, um, reviving like the Father's love. And not, it's not that it's a work thing, but um, it's sharing your faith with other people. And to be honest, you know, I used to do like evangelism, different things and missions and different things like, you know, years ago and stuff. And I haven't really done it that much, you know, out of my way for the last couple of years, two years. And I just kind of felt like the message was um, uh, as like I was doing CPR on the, the, the my uh, friend's dad. Like it was a message like I don't know if I'm quite getting the message, but it was just like. Uh, it was kind of poetic to me, like the father was just saying, you know, to revive the uh, uh, um, 
the uh, uh, intimacy that you've had, you know, I think one of the keys is uh, uh, um, going and sharing your faith and uh, that there would be a re- restoration, uh, a greater, you know, an impartation of the Father's love, of the life of the Father, you know, back into your life. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that is, that is true, that when, when you do share, you do feel more love. Hi, everybody. I'm Becca. And for those of you that don't know, I've been here for a couple months, but I've come from Greece and lived on the island of Crete. And I, there was one time that I was just walking downtown shopping on a Saturday morning, and there was this guy from northern Africa, Muslim guy, just standing there, super, super hungry. You could just see it on his face. And all he was asking for was a sandwich. All he was asking for was a cheese pie. And I walk right by him. And then I stopped and I was just broken. And I just remember going by back, buying him a sandwich, giving it to him and just saying, just God loves you. This is what you want, but he can give you a lot more. Him probably not understanding me because probably didn't speak Greek. But I remember just walking the rest of that day and I literally got in my car and nothing else mattered. What, what I was doing, nothing else mattered. It was my heart and I was like for the next two or three days so broken on my face because all he asked for was something to eat and it just it just broke my heart and it leads to another story I always would keep food packs in my car groceries dried like flour rice and things like that in the trunk of my car wherever I went because there's a lot of very needy people a lot of beggars there and so every time I'd be at a red light if I saw someone needy or I would recognize people, I would jump out, grab, grab a bag from my trunk and go give it to them. And one of the ladies was from Bulgaria and we started a relationship with her and she would come when we would feed the homeless and we just got to know her family and just the impact. She knew probably about 20 Greek words, so we couldn't communicate very well, but it was so amazing because we got to go to her home where about 10 Bulgarian families live with no electricity, no running water, dirt floors. Uh, She had a two-year-old that used diapers, as napkins as diapers. They were so poor. And it was the amazing thing was just how when she got arrested because she had no green card, that people from our body were there with her daughter and just crying and praying with them. My sister was there. And just it's just amazing how you don't even have to speak the same language that that through that the holy spirit works mightily and it it was just an amazing amazing experience just to be able to minister to them minister through their needs and just love on them so love always wins love wins steve Hello, my name is Savannah. Okay, so longs, longers, long story short. Okay, so when I first uh, moved back from New York, I was like looking for a place to live, and I had to move in with these girls that I had never met before in Northeast, and I like knew them from through a coworker, and I kind of thought they were all Christians because they went to church, but you know by their fruit you will know. Um, so they like knew who Jesus was, right? Anyways, so 
And then, like, even in my workplace, like, I work with a lot of people that they go to church, but they don't, like, know the Holy Spirit. They don't know, like, Jesus, and they don't feed on his word and practice his presence. And, um, like, there's just a lot of brokenness. And um, so I just been, when I came back, I was really bitter at Jesus for a while because I didn't want to be back in Minnesota because it's really cold here and stuff and multiple reasons. But um, just, like, the more time I started spending time with the Lord and kind of being like, why am I here? It was like, like, because I was on a mission trip in, in New York, and the Lord was like, well, you're on a mission trip no matter where you are. So when I started understanding that and just like, and then just spending time with the Lord, like you just get full of him. And when you spend so much time with him, he's kind of all you talk about. And so at my workplace, like they call me ball of joy or they call me like apostle Paul, because that's all I do is like a customer is, Hey, how are you? God loves you. You know, like my boss is like turning down a little bit, Savannah. I'm like, okay. But like, it's just been really, (laughs) Yeah, God's just been really, really faithful. <laughs> okay, so, but I've got to pray with, like, my boss and, like, multiple other coworkers and, like, surrendering things to the Lord and, like, just praying for healing and watching, like, like my boss and, like, coworkers, like, come to salvation and, like, even my, like, my roommate, we've, like, been going, like, praying about a lot of things, and a while, a while ago, she finally, uh, quit her job, and she's moving to Panama to do ministry, and, like, when I first met her, she was probably, like, the most bitter person I've ever met, and now she's, like, I love Jesus, I'm going to Panama to, like, be a missionary, and so, yeah, God is faithful. Way to go, way to go. Stephen, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm Stephen. By the way, I've been here for like about five days so far. It's uh, great. I love this place. Very warm and very loving. Just wanted to throw that off there. Thank you. And um, what I want to say tonight is that, that one, I love God, and God works in everyone. And God is just great and merciful. And I feel like he has a sense of humor. And I've, been, I've really been praying that God would just show me a sense of humor and that would just show me, hey, look, you can have a good time, preach, evangelize, show it with, like, funniness. We'd be, like, outgoing. Do whatever you can. And uh, it's been working a lot. I realize it now. I mean, back when I was in high school, I worked at, like, two different elementary schools. And I would talk to kids like Yoda. And I would talk to them like E.T. And they loved it. And they learned so much from that. Just me <laughs> talking like that. And I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> but um, you want me to do Yoda? Well, I have to do it quick. But uh, usually be like, mm, yes. I want to show you something, please. Let me do something. Little child. Mmm, yes. Like, I would do something like that. That or, <laughs> like, E.T. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. It's great. I mean, like, I love God. He's just showing me this sense of humor. And what I want to say big is this, is that I went to a Blackwell job court in Wisconsin, and it's ironic and, God willingly, the same 
from there to here. And I was just like, just at peace with it. Because when I first got here, I was like, man, God, I please just show me. Is this place just like Wisconsin? Yes. Climate-wise, yes. <laughs> and I was like, I was just like really relieved when I came here and I saw like uh, Pastor Ben Clark, if you guys know him, and uh, Steve Ungren or Ungren or Ungen. Ungen, that guy, every time I hear him speak, I always think of like, wow, like when I see God like shining him as a light, he shines his light as like a stand-up comic. And he just like, he walks out like this. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome to see. I want to be like that one day. Like maybe I was, I don't know, like maybe I should like praise to that and just do something like that. Some are annoying. Some are annoying and obnoxious. <laughs> but... Oh, I am sorry. I thought you said annoying. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Yes. But, um, yeah, I've been to Bethel Christian Fellowship, Communitas, um, those two. And uh, I love it. It is just great. It's awesome. This place is warming, loving. Ironically, this place is just like Wisconsin. I went to Northland College a university in Wisconsin, in Crandon. And it was like, it was just amazing. It was like, I was just amazing. It's a, it's a great place. It's a Christian-like place. I love it. And uh, I just want to say thank you for welcoming me into this blessing, holy place. It's just refreshing, lively. And back there, my friend Curtis, he's just walking away with the jacket. We love you, man. And same thing with you too, Nico. We have to get going because we don't want to like go over curfew because we get yelled at. But I just wanted to say that and thank you guys so much for wel- welcoming us. You need a you need a ride now, don't you? Huh? You need a ride. I mean, I do drive, but uh, my car's been like sold, so I can't drive anymore. But I can just show someone the license and be like, "Can you drive me? I can drive your car." So <laughs> they need a ride down the street, down to Snelling, uh, by the fairgrounds. And if anyone is able to do that, they need to be back. They need to leave in about five minutes or so. So if anybody is able to do that, that would be great. Okay. Thank you. You got it. Okay. You you can head out head out this way then. Bye, Curtis. Where's Nico? Oh, there he is. Okay. Bye, Nico. They're at the they're at a job core down on Snelling. And uh you've blessed us, Stephen. You've you've blessed us. We've we've loved having you here. It's okay, man. It's okay. You're a you're a funny guy. I didn't see I didn't know how funny you were. Yeah. Okay, have a good trip back. One of the things that Stephen does is he serves. He comes here, he hangs out. Yesterday he helped, or uh, was it yesterday? Sunday. Sunday he helped uh, Israel move some stuff from your place. And he just, he wants to serve. That's a big thing. And uh, speaking of, uh, we could use some help in that regard, either in setting up here or tearing down. Amy has been doing it for several years and she stays later than probably anybody else. And it'd be good if some people would say, you know, I'm willing to do that. 
for a while because she's put in hours upon hours upon hours. She stays later, and I think anybody, I'm I'm to sleep long before she finishes, and she uh, she locks up the place often. So uh, that really speaks loud to me. You know, it speaks loud because she's a servant. That's the highest. You know, if you that's that's the highest as far as Jesus goes. So if if you are able to help out uh, I know that some of you got to leave early no guilt you got to you got to head out to do other things but if you can maybe once a month stick around or come early and help set up that'd be great okay any more testimonies we're going to wrap it up pretty soon we got Mike and we got Robert hi Mike all right um, I was in Estonia for a school trip last year, and um, over there they don't really have a welfare system, so there's a lot of elderly that are um, either homeless or they beg on the side just to earn money. Um, and there was a lady that was on the corner by my hotel, and one day I stopped by and I put some money in. And I wouldn't really have stopped except she grabbed my hand and, like, dragged me down because she was sitting, and she, like, started crying and actually kissed my hand. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And um, she'd really only been getting the equivalent of nickels and dimes in her little cup, and I gave her just um, like a couple bucks American. But for her, that was something um, that she just wasn't used to. Um, And so her name was Nina, and she was this little old Russian babushka lady. But it's it's like 90 degrees out, and she's wrapped in all of her traditional scarves and everything. So a couple times I was able to go and bring her food and... uh, some water and got some broken Russian phrases across to her and just asked her like um, God loves you, Jesus loves you and she said yes and she pointed up um, to the sky and so we didn't really get to communicate much but then we would just kind of sit and um, interact together and it kind of um, struck me like when was the last time that somebody asked what her name was or it seems like one of the big things that keeps us from extending the love or letting Jesus um, uh, share his love through us is that we put labels on people or uh, things like that because so, we feel uncomfortable and we want to avoid it. Um, and that's something that you know I still uh, struggle with. But when we do let that um, label fall off and we actually talk to somebody, um, we actually share, then... Jesus can do some amazing things. Wouldn't that be exciting if we were doing it so much that people would, would feel love? When I did it in Byerly, so I walked through the line and I said, I got good news for you today. God really loves you. She, she said, are you a minister? Because she expected that a minister might say that, but other people wouldn't say it. Well, what if every Christian that went through would say, you know, have a, have a good day today. Hope you're doing well. Or something, God bless you, something. Yeah, quick, let's go here. Robert. Yes, you. The point, the point, yeah, the point is to you. I can speak without this. Would you want me to? I know. Okay, uh. As many of you know, um, I was diagnosed with brain cancer, uh, same type that Senator Kennedy had. Uh, This was uh, what I'm talking about. I had a friend with the same type of cancer. He 
was same age, got about the same time that I did. Uh, and he basically went through a lot of the situations that I did in terms of going through chemo. Uh, he was married. He was newly. He was a newlywed with the with his wife. Obviously, um, uh, we were able to share a room one time during uh, our chemo, and we got to know each other. Got to spend the night talking to each other, doing absolutely nothing, and we just became friends. And then never saw him again until. Uh, he started going to this cancer meeting, which I attend, where we talk about the cancer and support each other. Uh, during that process, the cancer, once again, it grew back, and he was suffering some more. Uh, and not only with the brain cancer, he was suffering with the, uh, with these problems within his family. His wife's family wanted her to divorce him, go away, because he was acting uh, differently, and his personality was not the same, and so obviously she did not marry the person you know, who she thought she would. And that's very typical for brain cancer, for a person to change personality, especially with all that chemo inside the body aimed at the head. I'll tell you, when I'm under chemo, quite frankly, I wouldn't want to go here because I would find you guys annoying right after chemo. I just don't like noise, light, people. Um, During the time when he was going down, unfortunately, I was able to go to the hospital during chemo and talk with him. And his dad used to be, or is a pastor. And he had this big fight with his father and that's why he kind of stemmed away from his relationship with God Uh, and obviously since the two families were feuding against each other I spent a lot of time with his wife as well uh, talking to her about the situations and sharing with her the same feelings that he's going through or the same feelings I was going through or the same feelings he's going through and I would share several verses in the Bible uh, trying to tell her and trying to show him that, you know, well, anyways, uh, when he was in his, when he was in the hospice, he was really starting to think about God and trying to get to know him better, uh, because obviously he leaned away from him. Uh, and once again, I would show him, uh, some other verses and he, at the end, he wanted to be closer with God. And so in the hospice, we would spend a lot of time talking about God and how much he loves us. And, you know, I really hate having cancer. But this whole situation I had with him really kind of helped me grasp the idea that, you know, I could be in a hospice tomorrow. I'm not saying I'm going to be, but it's just one of those I really don't care because God loves me. I love God. And whatever. I get to go with him. So be with him. And I get to see my friend. His name was uh, Eli. So so that was just a lot of fun being with him because we would always be sar- sarcastic with each other. So <laughs> believe it or not. But it was it was fun sharing God with him during that time. Good deal. Thanks. Robert. Okay, let's uh, let's close in prayer.
and and why don't you plan on going on some mission trips in the next few days and see what the Lord does. See how he uses you to touch somebody. Might lead somebody to the Lord. Might just change their day. Might have something wonderful to say. Thank you, Father, that we believe in you, but you also believe in us. You trust us to be your ambassadors. You make us your ambassadors. And so as we leave here tonight, if if you give us any connections, we want to take advantage of them. Any opportunities tomorrow that you give us in the workplace or in school, Lord, give us eyes to see. Keep us from being afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. And so we embrace love so that we can touch people with your love, with your power. We thank you for those that were, were loved today in many different ways. Amen. If you might be interested in the school, it's going to be a powerful school. So uh, I'd like to speak to you if you have any questions about it, if you think it might be for you, if it might fit. You're going out of high school, heading for college or the workplace, or you're out of college and you're looking at transitions. We'd like to talk to you. So let's just take a moment to just to uh, spin around. And the things that we've talked about now are reaching out. I used to hear messages on evangelism and uh, they made me feel guilty, and uh, it was good because it wore off in time to watch uh, Sunday afternoon football. Uh, so it, it didn't last long. It was just just enough to make you f- have good old guilt for a while. Purpose of our talking now isn't to impose guilt; it's to free you to touch people, to love people. So so pray with those who are close to you now that that'll happen. And then uh, I'll invite the people up front. If you want prayer for anything, for more of the Holy Spirit, for healing, people up here to pray. And remember that after we pray, then this will be a prayer area. And so we'll be quiet here and invite you to move up, have food and talk. And then I'm going to go up in about five minutes and meet with the newbies upstairs. So if you're new and you have time to talk, I'd love to talk to you. Okay, spin around. <laughs>